So welcome to this edition of Seen and Solve, presented by Hubbard Hall. I'm Tim Pennington, editor of Finishing and Coding. And today we are going to be speaking with Ted Saltzman, who is the director of business development and specialty sales uh, at Hubbard Hall. And we're going to be talking about improved efficiencies. You're listening to the Seen and Solve podcast brought to you by Hubbard Hall. Better results, less chemistry. I guess, Ted, that's what everybody's looking for these days, especially in this economy and in this uh, workforce. Everybody's looking for how to get better, faster, leaner, all those type of things. Huh? Absolutely. That's the, the buzzword right now in our industry, for sure. Great. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been with Hubbard Hall, and, uh, and, and really you know, the two job titles you got there, Director of Business Development and also Specialty Sales. So break those up for me a little bit, if you can, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I've been in the industrial manufacturing space for uh, coming up on 20 years now, and I've been with Hubbard Hall a little over five years. And as far as splitting up those two titles, I've got the business development side of, of Hubbard Hall. And what we primarily focus on are folks who are not customers and maybe reaching out to us to learn more about how we can help them in the metal finishing space that they're in. And the other side of my role and responsibility is our uh, inside and outside sales team, which is mostly focused on our existing customers and the the nurturing and the maintaining of those relationships to make sure that we're both getting the biggest value out of that relationship. Gotcha. So when we're talking improve efficiencies, we're, are we talking mostly operational or you know management or be even between you all and your specific customer? What if, what efficiencies are we sort of talking about with that? I think it's probably mostly on the operational side. Uh, we, we like to think of it as the complete relationship from the time they place the order with us till the time they get and use their product. So, you know, are there ways we can help them be efficient in the, the types of product they're ordering, how they're ordering, uh, with the cost of freight and shipping right now, are there ways that we can be more efficient in that aspect, uh, down to the usage, you know, dosing concentrations, are we, are we using too much product and can our, our in-house experts help them get the most out of each ounce of product that they're using? So primarily we're thinking about cost savings and improved uh, production in the operational efficiency. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, it's interesting. When I, when I get a lot of questions from applicators, shops and things like that about a specific, either a problem they're having or a specific issue, I'll always say, go back to your supplier. Why don't you, why are you not asking your supplier? And I usually get a 50-50, I did, I didn't get much out of them or things like that. But it really, I guess it's really important uh, to build that relationship with a customer that they know, not only are they buying good products from you, but you'll also help them, you know, apply it, use it, mix it, everything exactly the best way they can, right? Yeah, you know, I think it's as a consumer, right? I mean, we're all consumers of, of all types of things. And some of them are just transactional, you know, grocery store mm -hmm. transactions. And, and then some of them are real. We look at a supplier as someone we, we expect to go back and lean on. Maybe your, autom you know, your automobile, you expect to be able to go back to that dealer and get a real level of service. And so the, what we expect from the supplier differs based on how we view them. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, I think that the difference here is, is we want our customers to see us more on that, that automotive dealer. You know, this is a high value item and I, I want to be able to come back and get good service, honest advice. And, and I don't want this to just be transactional where I buy it and I go away and you, you never help me again. It's really, really more to be right. seen as a, as a long-term partner. Gotcha. So, so take me inside. What does a, a typical conversation with a customer, what are they focusing on? What are they asking about a lot of times? 
Yeah, I, you know, in my in my time in industrial manufacturing, if if I'm being reached out to by a customer, it's typically there there's something going on right now, a problem that they need to solve. Mm. You know, the old putting out a fire. That's mm-hmm. that's probably the number one reason that we get that phone call. And then two, it's to discuss pricing. You know, they're they're needing, you know, it's end of year or maybe beginning of year, and they're needing to find some ways to reduce cost. Those are typically the most common reasons a customer would reach out to a supplier is just, I got a problem or I I need to trim some cost. Right, right. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes those are uh, two not, I guess, not pleasant conversations. I mean, you guys have a team, a technical team that can pretty much jump on it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, if you can't answer it right away, you've got some support on your end also to get some answers for people. Yeah, I think we live in a time right now where, you know, thanks to COVID and the advances that it forced us to make, you know, when I first started in sales, that phone call would come in and it typically meant booking a, a flight or getting in the car and going and solving that problem where now, you know, we, we solve problems today with people in their iPhones, right? You can go tank right. side, mm-hmm. you can turn on FaceTime, you, I can see what you're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we can solve problems so much faster and, and I would say so much better give them a better solution because of the ability to have audio, video. I don't have to wait days on end for someone to get on a flight and, and come in and solve that problem. Right. And put eyeballs on it. Didn't, yeah, those days are over, I think, for the, for the most part yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm not complaining. I, I, think, right. I think some of the hotel chains think I've, uh, I've fallen off the face of the earth, for but sure. you know, not having to travel as much has, has been a blessing for everyone. Great. Yeah. You know, uh, when you're having a meeting with a, one of your customers, so what topics would lead to a better meeting? I guess, what, what, what should you all be talking about uh, when a customer is meeting with their supplier? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, I think of it as like a bilateral scorecard. Mm-hmm. Does the supplier, do we, do we get honest feedback on how the customer sees us? Are we meeting their expectations? Um, what is their perception of us? And then where are the ways that we can be better to them to, to give them more value? But I also think it goes the other way too. I think the supplier should be having some honest feedback to the customer of ways that the customer can behave to be a better customer and not necessarily just, you know, hey, order more product and pay on time. That's, that's, that's pretty simplistic thinking. You know, we're thinking more like, how can we be a better partner to you? But you've got to let us in. You've got to share with us some of your KPIs. What are the most important metrics that you track as a manufacturer? Share with us those things. Tell us why they're important to you, why they're important to your industry. And then, you know, our customer's customer and having that type of information, that type of conversation really allows us to make better suggestions. You know, we, mm. I'll use cleaners as an example. We, we have multiple cleaners that'll get you the same cleanliness on a part, but it'll have different side effects. But if we mm. can understand KPIs start to finish for our customer and they'll share those with us and, and help us understand why that's so important, we can be such a better supplier just through having a more deep understanding of their needs and their desires. Besides the KPI, there's a lot of information that, that you would need there. What, what type of things would you ask them? I know sometimes uh, it's always good if a uh, one of your customers is telling you, you know, what their three months, six months, you know, what the fourth quarter is going to look like, just so, you know, you could be prepared to help them. But what other types of information would be beneficial for you all to have? It's kind of their industry, right? We're, we're in the metal finishing space. It's such a, a broad term. 
But if, if I've got a customer who's in the medical device world, well, their customers' expectations are quite a bit different than maybe someone in the gun and ammunition space. And so if they can share with us what some of their industry expectations are, we can help them be better. Maybe it's aesthetic. Maybe it's waste generation with ESG being such a, a critical part of our global economy right now. If we can have a better understanding of what they need to do to maybe gain more contracts from being a high or low volume waste generator. Those are the types of things where we're getting past, you know, production efficiency, production volume. We're kind of going past that. We're getting deeper into what are some of the things that are driving their ability to be profitable and their ability to land more and bigger contracts. I'm just going to ask you that. What, what are some things that you wish you knew more about your customers? You know, you probably know a lot of, you know, uh, you know what you can see and hear when you're at your facility or on the phone. But what were some things that you really wish you knew more about each of your customers? Number one is people. Um, we, we all tend to live in a bit of a siloed mindset. The more people at each customer location that I can know, the engineering, the sales side, the EHS side, the wastewater side, if, if we can get the perspective of each one of the departments at our customers, again, we walk away with a much more holistic view of what are the real needs, and that allows us to be a better supplier. So many times, you know, in, in, the, in the years that I've been in the industrial space, you, you get tied into one contact, right? You have that primary point of contact, and maybe they're an engineer, and that's great. But most of the feedback you're going to get is going to be engineering focused. Maybe you don't get that environmental health and safety perspective. Maybe you don't get the, the wastewater side. The more people we can know, uh, that, that gives us such an advantage. And then kind of moving past the people would be what I call a scarce resource. You know, it's that one thing that in the short term, they cannot change. Maybe it's the square footage of their building. So in the short term, they're not adding on to the facility. But if they'll share that with me that, hey, you know, I can't, I don't have any more room, but I, I need to increase production. Okay, well, let's go look at how we're using the square footage. And maybe there are some things that we can do to give you back some square footage, maybe give you a product that cleans and de-rust in the same process. Maybe we can eliminate some process tanks. Maybe it's manpower, right? So, you know, the customer says that we've, we've been doing job fairs. We're trying to recruit. We're trying to get more, more people to come to work. We just, it's just not working. Okay, well, maybe we can automate some things. Maybe there's an investment into equipment that we know about where we can put the manpower we do have available to use doing things that we can't automate. So th those are two things that, that I would say, if every customer would share that level of information, I think we would become a more valuable resource to them. When you're on a visit at a shop, I know uh, time is precious. You've got those people there that you're working with. I know they're very busy. They're shorthanded sometimes. So what are some things that they can do that really makes those, the meetings and the times you're with them really valuable to both of you? I talk about this a lot, but a process audit. You know, I, I actually just visited a, uh, a manufacturer uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we started literally at the bay door where the raw material comes into their facility. It's flat stock, and they walked us through them from the very first process, and we walked the entire facility, even things that weren't chemistry metal finishing related. We walked through the entire facility all the way to the packaging in the cardboard box of the final product. And, and we were able to talk about each step along the way and what is it we're trying to accomplish in that step? What does quality look like? What does it feel like? How, what's our timeline to get to that quality finish? 
And, and, and it's, it's a pretty good investment of time, both on our part and on the customer's part. But at the end, we, we ended up sitting down and creating a list of action items that I don't think many of us ha- could have foreseen what that list would look like when, when we first talked about the meeting. So a true start to finish process audit where not just metal finishings on the table, but the entire process, uh, that's, that's probably the most valuable thing that we could do for our customers to make sure we both have a beneficial relationship. You know, you talked about efficiencies and optimizing. Give, give us some examples uh, that, that you've seen or been a part of with this that would really maybe show it as an example of, of how this really, you know, the, the words turned into actions with that. Yeah, I, I think that the easiest one is, uh, and we did this again just a couple of weeks ago, is all along the process, maybe there's multiple cleaning lines. You know, you've got a beginning, mm-hmm. you've got an end process, you've got a final, and identifying opportunities to do product consolidations. Unless a, a supplier like us gets to see in person all of those and ask those, those kind of deep probing questions for what are you trying to accomplish here? What are some things that cannot happen in this process? But if we understand that, we can optimize through product consolidation. We can say that you're buying three different cleaners. We have one cleaner that would get you where you need to be. And now we can maximize volume orders. We can eliminate how much inventory we have to have on hand. Um, something as simple as what, what type of packaging? Is it pails, drums, totes? Uh, I've had customers that, that have had expired product. And it's like, well, we have to buy it in a tote from you know, supplier A. Well, mm. but do, do, do you use enough of it to justify that package? Right, um, right. Sometimes it's even just the form of the product. You know, powdered products have their place. Uh, I don't know that we'll ever completely eliminate them, but buying them in liquid form allow for more, more accurate dosing. You know, we can mm. reduce the, the human error element, but then also mm-hmm. if we can put that human to work doing something that we can't automate, now we're improving our, our production efficiency and we're getting the most out of our manpower. So, you know, hopefully that's kind of the examples you're looking for, but I, they're not always extremely complex. A lot of times it's just outside set of eyes come in, see the current situation and start to ask some of those probing questions of, well, why do we do it that way? And why couldn't we do it a different way? Yeah, many different ways. It's simply, like I said, opening up that relationship and uh, and and having you know good discussions. Uh, mm-hmm. But let me ask you, I guess you know, what, what do you think sometimes is lacking uh, that that should be in there between it, making a really good uh, customer supplier relationships uh, happening? What, what's lacking sometimes? Are they sometimes uh, fearful of telling you a lot more, or are they just forgetful to tell you a lot more, or how is it though? Kind of from a personal example, right? I talked about we're all consumers. You know, I think mm-hmm. of, I use this example a lot, right? But when you go to the car dealership and you're going to purchase a vehicle, you don't typically tell that sales guy exactly how much you're willing to spend, right? There's a bit of a veil of secrecy. And I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want him to know how much I have to spend. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell him what I think he needs to know to get me the best deal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll call that a, a buyer seller friction. There's always mm-hmm. friction there. You don't really trust the other side. And I think ultimately that's the thing, it's trust. Sometimes in those transactional purchases, maybe it makes sense to, to keep a little bit behind that veil of secrecy. But if, if this supplier is a partner, right? If they've, if they've got ownership in the relationship, if they have as much to lose as you do, we kind of have to take down that veil of secrecy. And we just have to mm-hmm. be really honest and really transparent with one another. And I think from the supplier side, um, I, I believe Hubbard Hall does a really nice job with that of, of telling a customer, hey, you're buying this product. 
It's a great product. It does what you need. But I think we could save you some money, right? I think we mm-hmm. could reduce your consumption. There, there's this piece of equipment where we can reduce how much you're using, which from our standpoint, hey, that, that might very well cut into our profitability. But if it creates trust and it deepens the relationship, we believe it's going to lead to a more fruitful relationship in the future. So just trust. There has to be trust. And, and then we've got to both have a, a, a stake in the relationship. There's got to be ownership on the customer side and on the supplier side. Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, you know, most uh, shops and uh, facilities, I think they get a real good sense of whether a supplier's just going to sell them something or really wants to partner with them to help them grow and, and, and get bigger so that, you know, hopefully they can, you know, sell them more down the line. That's where you get a really, I think, a good fruitful uh, relationship is when, uh, you know, you get a supplier that really wants to step in and help and, and uh, you know, not nickel and dime a lot of things. If they've got a question, they'll answer it and all these type of things. It really is a really a true partnership, so to speak. Yeah. It is. And, and Tim, it's, it's cliche, right? In, in the, you know, been, been in sales for, for a while and it is such a cliche thing. I don't know any salesperson worth their salt who doesn't use the term, oh, let us be a partner. Let us partner with you. Mm-hmm. But, but the proof is in the action. Are, are, are you really doing it? Are you bringing me true cost savings? Are you bringing me uh, actual increases in production? I think if you can do that, and that's typically the onus is on the supplier to do that first. Then we can start to to build and cultivate that relationship of trust. I remember one time I had a a a, a fairly large job shop telling me that you know they didn't. I was sitting talking with him and his phone rang and it was a customer or somebody that was a supplier talking to him and I I kind of made a joke about you know getting those calls and he said you know if they're here if if they're going to help me then they're not salespeople they're really not they're. They're, they're, you know, the, the products sell themselves. It's just that if they're going to help me, I get that. And I need that. Mm-hmm. I need those type of people that'll talk to me about new products and new services and new type of things. So, you know, even though, you know, there may be a, a, a bad misnomer about that, a lot of people I think uh, who are, are smart are really looking for people that can really help them, educate them, and again, make them more efficient in the long run. Yeah, 100%. And it's not just in our industry. Any product of value that a consumer is is spending their resources on you want somebody who's really going to be a help and be a value add and that's that's what we try to do with every customer big and small and we we sure hope we're doing that and um you know we talked about the the scorecards um i I, that that's something i wish more more of our customers did was was just an honest score of hey here's where you're at and here's some areas where you could get better Mm -hmm. yeah Sounds good. And like I said, they can give you a call, uh, reach you out by email, get you through the Hubbard Hall website. So, but, but Ted, I thanks for uh, joining us today. That's been very interesting, a different, different perspective, not just, uh, you know, from the, from mechanical plating side, but really operationally how to run your plating shop. So I appreciate you talking to us about that today. The Seen and South podcast is brought to you by Hubbard Hall. For more podcasts, visit HubbardHall.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe, rate and review, and join us on social media.